Tanya J. Powers for Fox News Radio, and today we're spending a few moments with Rebecca Gregory. Rebecca, thank you so much for coming in today. Thank you for having me. This is awesome. Your name probably sounds very familiar to a lot of people, and they're probably, why do I know that? I know that name. You're a Boston Marathon survivor. I am. Yes, I was three feet away from the first bomb that went off at the marathon, and I'm very blessed to be able to still be here and tell my story. Speaking of your story, you have a new book. It's called Taking My Life Back. I am so excited. (laughs) It's just, it's been a long time in the making, and this is just so surreal. Um, I want to ask you some some questions. I, uh, I, I there's so much I want to cover, and I know we only have a limited time, so I'm going to get to to sure. this uh, to start with. Let's talk about. You mentioned you were a few feet away from the first bomb. I was uh, yes. when it went off at the near the finish line. There, lots of crowds. Your son Noah was with you. He was what five at the time. He was yes, and he was protected by you. Yes, he had gotten bored watching all the runners pass because we were just spectating. It was my birthday weekend in Boston, and I told him to sit down on my feet with my with his back against my shins, and that's where he was when the bomb went off three feet behind us. Three feet? Yes. So my body was in the middle of him and the bomb, and that's what ultimately saved his life. That's You describe this day and those minutes. I mean, it, it goes on in the book. You're very descriptive about how this felt, what you saw, how it smelled. I mean, the entire, how did you, how did you summon up all these details or are these just things you just can't forget? It was difficult to put it into words because it's something that I could never fully describe. The horror from that day, it was a war scene. I mean, people's body parts were laying on the ground next to me. There were bones on the sidewalk, including my own and nails and ball bearings and BBs and everything else these brothers put into these two pressure cookers. And I tried my best to to sum it up, but those images never leave my mind. And as a result, I have major PTSD from it, and so do many others. I want to talk about that in just a minute. I want to bring that back up. Um, I also want to talk to you about the trial. Uh, We'll kind of skip around a little bit here because I know the trial was a couple of years after all this happened. I was actually sitting in the, the courtroom next to you. Oh, wow. Okay. At the time. Yeah. So I got, I covered it. I got to actually hear your testimony. Um, I wish it, I wish it hadn't been a federal trial only so people could have heard you speak Um, because the things that you said and the other witnesses and the other survivors said were so powerful. How did you stand, walk up there, sit down and tell what you did, knowing he was literally feet from you? It was the scariest thing I think I've ever done at first. And I just told myself that, you know, no matter what, I wasn't going to live my life in fear, that I was still blessed and I'm going to continue to remain that way. And so when I walked into the courtroom that day and then later when I gave my victim impact statement, I wanted to appear strong. And even though I was terrified on the inside, I didn't want him to take anything else from me that he you know, or could have taken anything else from me. And so I walked in and Twitter says I had a limp. I did not have a limp. I walked in. (laughs) I saw you walk in the courthouse. You did not have a limp. (laughs) I can testify to that. (laughs) But I wanted him to know that I wasn't afraid of him and that I was going to go on and live a much more meaningful life because I saw what it was like to almost lose it for good. Wow. And your faith is something that we hear a lot about in the book. I mean, it, matter of fact, it's part of the title, My Story of Faith, Determination, and Surviving the Boston Marathon Bombing. How important was it through this entire journey? 
I would not be where I am today without my faith. And I think that it is high time that we bring God back into this world. And there are many things that we go through and challenges in our life, but God is always with us and he's always going to be bigger than anything else we face. And six months before Boston, I got held up in a Walmart parking lot and robbed at gunpoint. You know, I thought that was going to be the big moment of my life. And from childhood, there's been several things that have just been really difficult, but life blows up in everyone's face. And this is just my journey and we all have our own. But at the end of the day, God is bigger than anything. How's Noah, by the way? He's wonderful. (laughs) Noah is nine. He'll be 10 in August and he's running around like a normal kid. But he loves to tell people that he got blown up at the marathon because he's a survivor and he has scars to show it. And and a pretty cool FBI jacket from what I understand. Yes, he has an awesome FBI jacket from one of the guys that actually captured the brother. So that's um, something that Noah is very excited about. And he just continues to remain blessed, too. He calls me his robot mom and... We go on. Life is beautiful. Your leg, uh, this was back and forth over, I guess, whether to amputate, whether or not. And finally, it it took how many months? A year and a half, 18 months. It's a long time. Yes. They told me they wanted to do limb salvage. And so we, we started the process. It was surgeries all of the time. And I finally decided I needed to get out of you know, get my my leg out because that was causing me to be held back in life. And I said it was like a bad boyfriend. I needed to let it go and get it out of my life. And so I wrote a breakup letter and I said, bye, Felicia. <laughs> and your new leg is called? Felicia. That is just the best. I love that it has a name. <laughs> oh, yeah. Pedicure every two weeks. I, I rock it. You know, this, I, I have to. Yeah, <laughs> wear a fake leg. You got to rock it. That is pretty. Uh, that's pretty amazing. I also want to ask you about your mom. Yes. Uh, Because I know she has been a rock for you this entire time. She has. My poor mom, she's gone through so much in her life, and I've given her a heart attack too many different times, but she has remained faithful in everything, and I watched her go through so much as a child, and, you know, the bombing was no different. She stayed with me 56 days in the hospital and has been with me every day since, so... I'm I'm very proud to have her as a mom. And I actually got to speak to your mom. Oh, you did? I was in the elevator with both of you. Oh, wow. Okay. The day that you were at the trial. And I, I you were speaking to somebody else, and she was standing beside me. And I said, uh, is that Rebecca? And she said, yes. But, you know, and, and she was kind of like. She's, she's very protective. She's, oh, mama bear was all <laughs> yes. over. And I said, I understand. Please tell her. I hope she feels better and everything's going well for her. And she said, I will. Thank you. And that was it. You know, but she's yes. the sweetest thing. But you could tell. You know, that's that's what mama does. Yes. Her mama bear comes out quite often. And I've got to remind her, okay, mom, I'm almost 30. You got to let it go sometime. I don't think they ever do. No, I don't think so either. Not at all. You, it was tough, I'm sure, like like I said, to give the description and the detail. When was the first time you saw the video of that day? That had to be just surreal to it watch. was it was it was after court and that was the first time that i saw the actual raw footage of my leg and my son and everything because a, a person in our group actually videotaped the entire thing and i never understood why exactly but um it was really really difficult to watch and it it still is difficult because those images never leave my mind and so that's where you know the whole ptsd comes in mm-hmm Let's talk about that for a little bit. Um, I know you had a long recovery in the hospital. Yes. Um, matter of fact, one of the parts of the book that I love is the note you wrote to your mom. Yes. The first thing you wrote to her. God is not finished with me yet. Angels yeah. were all around us. I love that. Because, you know, even even at that point, you you know, you had your mind fixed on one thing. 
I did. I I was just blessed to be alive. And that was before I even found out that my legs had shielded my son. And then after that, I'm like, man, I would I would do it again, you know, just and that's not to say that I wish this never happened. I, I wish that I could go back any day of the week, but I can't. And so now I, I I'm grateful for the crumbs, you know, because no matter how li- hard life is, my beauty will and my blessings will far away my problems. The PTSD, how does it come back? How does it, is there, is it a loud noise? Is it, what is it? It's with me every day. Mm -hmm. There are most days where I have to give myself a pep talk to even leave my house and say, okay, Rebecca, nobody's going to try to kill you today. You need to go out and you need to get your errands run. There's many nights where I wake up from a nightmare or I'm scared if I hear a sound outside the house, an animal or something, but I think it's someone trying to break in. And my poor husband, bless his heart, he's with me every step of that and he's so supportive and he's there to say, it's okay, you know, I've got you. And that's a really amazing thing. But just the other day, I was at the airport and someone left their backpack next to me. And my mind automatically goes to bomb when I see a backpack. And so it, there are things like that every single day that are, are constantly still there. Okay, you mentioned your husband. We're going to act like he's not in the room for me. Tell me about Chris. <laughs> oh, he's so wonderful. <laughs> I can't tell you enough about Chris. Chris is my college boyfriend, and we reconnected after 10 years. And I was at a really good place in my life. I had been to a lot of therapy <laughs> where I sat down and I was like, tell me what I'm doing wrong to attract, you know, not very great men. And I realized that it all kind of went back to my childhood. And I was dating guys that were just like my abusive father in every way. And so I really healed. Um, and it's amazing because right around the time that I was doing so great is when Chris reentered my life uh, over a dinner in Houston. And we decided we were going to get married and he was going to move to Houston from Kentucky. And the rest is history. It's It's been an amazing ride. And he is truly my best friend. And you have a brand new baby. I do. Riley, yes. And doctors in Boston said I'd never be able to do that. And so she is another miracle in my life. And she's getting ready to turn one in May. Already? Yes, it is. Wow. She is incredible. We are having so much fun. And Noah is such a good big brother. And she adores him. He's her favorite. <laughs> He's our favorite. Forget mom and dad. It's it's Noah. It's all about Noah. Yes. Um I, I was some I was surprised to to read something in your book that I never would have thought of and, and it quite honestly it kind of made me angry to read. There were people who thought this was a hoax. <laughs> yes. I don't know how I there, missed this in all the coverage, but if I've learned anything, I think it's you can't fix crazy, right? And so there are these people who are just so adamant that I am an actress and I get paid billions of dollars to act and and blow my own leg off for attention and you know all of these crazy conspiracy theorists online that are not nice. We'll just say that. But wow. for every few of those, there's thousands upon thousands of other people who are so supportive and encouraging. And That's the other thing I was going to bring yes. up was the, some of the examples that you've given in the book of notes of, of support and encouragement. And, and I'm sure those far outweigh the others. Absolutely. Every single day. And that's what, what keeps me going. And so for, you know, as inspired as I have made some people, which I don't even feel worthy of, they give that back 
impact me tenfold. And I'm so appreciative of every single person that's been with me through this journey. Have you kept in touch with any of the other uh, the folks who survived this? I mean, do you, I would think I it's almost like a fraternity almost that it's, nobody wants to be in. It's like a weird family. We call it our Boylston Street family. And it's mainly the amputees of that day we've formed some close bonds with. And those are the people that I can reach out to when I'm having a really tough day because they get it. They were there. So I'm I'm very thankful for that. You and I want to end, but I know I could I could keep you here for hours. <laughs> Seriously, we could chat. I want. Would you read a, a just a couple of lines out of your book um, that I would love to hear in your voice because it's part of your your victim's impact statement. Sure. And it's the last two lines. Starts right there. I can't believe that you at 21 years old didn't think twice about wasting such a precious life. And I'm sad that you won't be here to see what happens next. We are Boston strong. We are America strong. And choosing to mess with us was a terrible idea. How's that for your victim impact statement? And you said this out loud. I did. To whom? I I said it in the courtroom. So that Mm -hmm. was the last part of my victim impact statement. And I had told the U.S. attorney, I said, I'm not going to give this guy any more satisfaction than what he already has. And so I submitted my statement and they said, "Okay, we're putting you last, you know, and it was it was so liberating because being a person that I have been so self-conscious and so non-confrontational my entire life. And I I got up there and I basically said, you know, you flip off the camera and you make fun of us and all of that. But that's what we're doing to you every time we continue to succeed, fake limbs or not. And so people, there's that many more people that are going to go out there and be the good in the world and get rid of evil once and for all. And that's my mission in life now is just to try to be a part of that good and try to help as many people through my obstacles and my struggles as I possibly can. I I really appreciate you coming to talk to me about this today. It's an honor. Thank you so much for having me on. Her book is called Taking My Life Back, My Story of Faith, Determination, and Surviving the Boston Marathon Bombing. Rebecca Gregory, you are welcome to come visit us anytime. Thank you so much. I'm Tanya J. Powers for Fox News Radio. This has been A Few Moments with... Listen to Fox News Podcast shows ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or follow wherever you get your podcasts.